What the world needs now is positivity. Connecting, relating, and being human together is where it's at. Hi there, honey German, and I know life happens, but trust, you got this. And State Farm got us. It feels good knowing that State Farm agents are there to help you choose the right coverage with great support 24-7. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results, but also empower you with a sense of complete control? Enter Conair Girlbomb, your secret weapons for smooth, sleek results made just for women. From the ultimate Girlbomb grip and professional-grade blades, you don't have to compromise and settle for less. Conair Girlbomb equips you with the precision and power previously reserved for men's grooming tools. So take your hair removal routine to the next level with Conair Girlbomb. Available at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you. What up? I am Dramos, host of the Life as a Gringo podcast. This is a show for the Nosabo kids, the, the 200 percenters. Here we celebrate your otherness and embrace living in the gray area. Every Tuesday, I'll be bringing you conversations around personal growth, issues affecting the Latin community, and much more. Then every Thursday, I'll be tackling trending stories and current events from our community. Listen to Life as a Gringo on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Cheekies and Chill. I have some very exciting news to share. So Apple Podcasts has this program called Spotlight. Basically, they pick one podcast they love and highlight it for an entire month so that more people can find it. That's right. Apple's editorial team listens to thousands of podcasts and they chose Cheekies and Chill. It's the first iHeart podcast to be highlighted, so I'm super excited about this. So if it's your first time listening to the show, welcome, and I'm so happy you're here. And if you've been with me for a while, you know how I feel about you. Los amo. Cheekies and Chill is my comfort zone. I talk about anything and everything. Since I have you here, I wanted to remind you of some of my favorite episodes. We have one on cheating and betrayal, losing my mom Jenny, and a really important one with my fertility doctor on freezing my eggs. And of course, I've had interviews with some special guests, so be sure to check those out too. New episodes drop every Monday, you guys. Rate, subscribe to Cheekies and Chill. Don't forget. Now, let's start the show. It was frustrating for me. Finally, I'm like, hey, I don't like this. I'm not used to it. I want to petition to get custody of Johnny and Jenica. When I saw that the person that was the guardian was Rosie, I was so confused, you guys. I was like, what? There's no one on this earth that will take care of those kids the way I will. 
I really think that my mom and I, because I didn't do it myself, my mom and I did a pretty great job with these kids. It's just something that makes me very proud. Hello, guys. I'm so happy you're here. Thank you so much for tuning in to Cheekies and Chill. It's been a minute since I've hopped on the mic by myself and just talked to you guys. So that's what we're doing today. I have something I want to open up about. Something that's really changed my life forever in the best way possible. Are you guys ready? Okay, good. Let's get into it. This is Cheekies and Chill. So about a month ago, I posted this on my Instagram. If you're not following me, you should be. But anyways, I posted a few pictures of me and my siblings, Johnny and Jenica. And part of the caption said, Eight years ago today, a judge granted me custody of Johnny, 13, and Jenica, 17. Although I didn't need a piece of paper to know in my heart what my mother would have wanted and expected from me, it still made me feel good to know they were in the best hands. It was the best decision I've ever made. And if I may say so myself, I did a pretty damn good job. Hashtag proud sister. (laughs) So that's what I want to talk about today. I want to tell you guys about my experience. This is in no way meant to be any kind of legal advice. I highly recommend you guys do your research if this is something you want to pursue because it is important. As many of you may know, if you don't, my mother passed away um, December 2012. And I was basically her right hand, her right arm. She would always say that. And I helped her raise my siblings since I could remember, I think, my earliest memory of cooking on like on a chair, cooking breakfast for my siblings. I was 10 years old. I have no business being by like a stove. Okay, you guys, so be very careful. (laughs) But anyways, I was 10 years old and I would make them huevitos. This is actually Jackie, who is now, how old is she? She's a mother of four, is married. I don't even know how old. She's 30 something, my sister, Jackie. And then Mikey. So they were very little. And my mom was working. She was a single mother. And I had to take care of them. And then a few years later, I was 16 actually 12 when Jenica was born, and then 16 when Johnny was born. So especially with Johnny, I was his mom since he was six months old. My mom told me one day, here's your son, here's your baby, I need to go to work, I got to go on the road, and you got to take care of him. So I can say I became a mother at 16 years old. I mean, I feel like a lot younger, you know, because of my other siblings, but With Johnny, it was like the first time my mom said, here you go. You're old enough. You need to help me because her career was just, even with Jenica, when I remember when she got pregnant with Jenica, I walked into the room and she was crying. She was like pulling her hair. And I'm like, mom, what's wrong? I was, of course, very worried. And she just said, you know, I'm pregnant and I don't know what to do. Uh, My career is doing so well. Like this is gonna, you know, slow me down. And I was like, mom, it's okay. It's a blessing and I'll help you. And so she felt better about it. Even with Johnny, she was not planning on getting pregnant. It just happened with both. of. I think honestly, with all of us, except Mikey was the only planned and quote unquote wanted child. And she'll say this herself. I'm not saying anything that, you know, she wouldn't have said and she hasn't said in her book. Porque pues no está para defenderse. Pero I mean, these are the conversations we had and she was very honest. So I'm being honest with you guys. And anyways, so that's all I've ever known. Okay, so I was 26 when my mom passed away. And her and I weren't on speaking terms. Uh, and again, if you guys want to know a little bit more in detail, I talk about these two things, um, about everything actually, in both my books, Forgiveness and Unstoppable. I have it in Spanish as well. So it was really nothing new to me 
because I've always been that second mother to my siblings. So when my mom passed away, I just didn't know. I felt like I was starting a new life without my mother, without my siblings, and there was no communication whatsoever. I think within those two months, Johnny snuck to see me, I think like once or twice. It was just really difficult. It was a really difficult time for me. So when we got the news that my mom had passed, I got a phone call when I was driving from, because I was in Vegas when I found out my mom had passed away. I was in Vegas and they said, you know, come to your grandma's house. She lived in Lakewood. That's about four hours away driving. So I said, okay, you know, come to your grandma's house. They can't find your mom's plane. I honestly, like, I've never driven so fast, you guys. Again, that's another thing I don't recommend. Be safe, wear your seatbelt. You guys know how I am. I always say it. But it was just a horrible moment. I was driving to my grandma's house thinking, are they going to accept me? Are they going to talk to me? How am I going to feel? I haven't talked to the kids. Like, I felt so weird. There were so many things going on emotionally and mentally. And then I got a call from Jenica. And she said, sister, where are you? And I said, I'm on my way. Are you okay? She said, no, I need you here. We need you here. Please, please come. So that just honestly just, I don't know if it was my mom or God sending me that, but it just automatically that moment was like, okay, I need to be strong for my siblings. I don't know if my mom's coming back. I hope she does. But with that phone call, it just made me feel powerful, like invincible. I'm like, okay, I got to toughen up. I got to put on my big girl panties and I got to go save these kids in some ways. What I felt like I was their hero and it just made me feel like Popeye. You know what I mean? Like I was like, okay, I got to be strong. And it gave me that strength and it gave me that confidence to walk into my grandma's house and say, I don't give a shit what anyone thinks about me or has to say I'm here for these kids. Like my mama mode just went in like on high gear, you guys. And I didn't care. I walked in and everyone was really nice. Everyone obviously were all worried going through like our own emotions, you know. And anyways, I was there and I did not leave their side. We were at my grandma's house, you guys, for two weeks. Johnny and I slept on the floor in my grandpa's office and we just slept there. And it was a bunch of us. It was chaotic. People playing my mom's music outside. There were so many fans, which was beautiful, but it was just so crazy. It was just so a time that was just, I don't know. I don't remember every detail because it's kind of like a blur, but I do remember holding on to Johnny. He was 11 at the time and Jenica was 15 and I just felt that I needed to be there for them. Not that I didn't need to be there for my other siblings because obviously, you know, we were all going through some type of horrible pain. And you know what I mean? But I just felt like the need to be there for Johnny and Jenica. And anyways, I had my own little apartment. It wasn't even an apartment, you guys. I think I've told you guys before I lived in a garage. It was a garage that was converted into a one bedroom. And that was where I converted the one bedroom to my closet. And then I slept in the living room slash kitchen area. (laughs) I'm so crazy. But anyways, that's where I lived. I was starting a new life. I was taking therapy twice a week during that time. So I felt stronger. I felt like, okay, I kind of was asimilando que iba a tener otra vida. And then they just came and just out of left field. And I didn't know what to do. We didn't talk about it during those two weeks. After we buried my mom, that's when the conversation happened where Johnny's like, are you going to live with us? Are you going to move back in? And I honestly, I was like, thought about it a little bit because I didn't want to be intrusive or invasive because I still hadn't had that conversation with my mom and I never was. I was never going to be able to have that conversation. So I just felt like weird. It was just awkward. But I knew in my heart that what she needed and expected for me and what she had prepared me my entire life, you guys. Now that I look back, I was like, she was preparing me for that moment, for this moment. I knew I had to be there for my siblings. 
so I was so comfortable in my little place. I had already had like my own little routine. I had just opened up Blow Me Dry, my salon, and everything was put on hold. Thank God. I had a lease, I think, of two years, and the lady was so sweet, and she let me break it. She was really sad that I was leaving, and I moved in back into our Encino home with the kids, and I believe my brother, Mikey, was living there at the time in my old room, what, what used to be my old room, so I moved into what used to be Jackie's old room. That was a little weird, but I was like, okay, whatever. I don't care. I'm not going to kick my brother out. I'm not going to lie. I tried, but he was not having it. <laughs> He's like, no. <laughs> so I stayed in Jackie's room and I made it my little home. And I was there for my siblings. As an actor, a producer, and a proud Latino father, my days can get very busy, which is why I make sure to dedicate time to what's important like supporting my community through my work, sharing my Colombian and Venezuelan culture, and being present for my family, which is everything to me. Hey everyone, it's Wilmer Valderrama. And when reflecting on what matters most, I start by giving thanks for good support in my life whenever I need to make the big decisions. How about you? If it's insurance you need, State Farm is there to help you choose the right coverage for you. And State Farm offers great support 24-7. Just call an agent. State Farm is also a big supporter of Michael Tuda Podcast Network by helping to share our Latinx voices. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite Michael Tuda shows wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Johnny B. Good, and I'm the host of the new podcast, Creating a Con, the story of BitCon. Over this nine-part series, I'll explore the life and crimes of my best friend, Ray Trapani. I always wanted to be a criminal. If someone's like, oh, what's your best way of making money? I'm like, oh, we should start some sort of scheme. You see, Ray has this unique ability to find loopholes and exploit them. They collected $30 million. There were headlines about it. His company, Centratech, was one of the hottest crypto startups in 2017. It was going to change the world, until it didn't. I came into my office, opened my email, and the subject heading was FBI request. It was only a matter of time before the truth came out. You can only fake it till you make it for so long before they find out that your Harvard degree is not so crimson. How could you sit there and do something that you know will objectively cause more harm in the world. Listen to Creating a Con, the story of BitCon, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, stories from the frontiers of marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning is connecting with people in an unscripted, unvarnished way. It's getting to to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine. And I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. In the will, my mom left Rosie, her sister, as the guardian of the kids. I think more than anything, because I was disinherited, that didn't hurt me. I was like, mi mamá me enseñó a ganarme mi dinero a trabajar. I'll be fine. I wanted my kids, my, my kids. Here I go. See, it just comes out naturally. My siblings, I wanted my siblings to be okay. But that hurt me when I saw that the person that was the guardian was Rosie. I was like so confused, you guys. I was like, what? Like how? There's no one on this earth, no one that will take care of those kids the way I will. So that's one thing that I was very upset with my mom for a long time. And I, and I will admit it. I was upset. I was holding some type of resentment. 2013, you guys, was the fucking hardest year of my life because I went through, I miss my mom. I wish I could talk to her. I was upset with her. I couldn't believe that she had left this mess and I had to pick it up. And it was hard, so hard. So I didn't say anything. I said, that's fine. I don't need a piece of paper to freaking tell me that these are my children, that I'm gonna take care of them, that I'm the only one that knows what they like to eat, what they don't like, how to like get through to Johnny because Johnny has always been somewhat of a difficult child and he only listened to me. So I was like, fine. So Rosie lived in the home because, you know, on the will it said that the guardian had to live where the children lived. So they moved in, her and her husband and her children moved into my mom's house and we all lived together for about a year. That was very hard. Very, very hard because I wasn't used to it, obviously. I hadn't talked to my mom. I didn't know how things were running in the house. I just knew what I, how I did things. And then Rosie was there, but she was pretty respectful as to like allowing me to do things in the house the way they needed to be done. And with the kids, she never really got in the middle of that. And we tried to live there together. And it was, I'm telling you, it was tough. And then taking the kids to school and... Again, I didn't even have to ever ask my mom for 
quote unquote permission or like, hey, mom, like everyone knew me at school, like, you know, with the kids, like I would take them to school. I would go to the teacher parent conferences, to the open houses, to all of that. So on top of everything that I was going through in 2013, I had to deal with having Rosie have to ask her for permission. Like, hey, can you write me a letter? Can you go with me to the school? Because I got to get Johnny or Jenica. And it was just it was too much. You guys, I was just like, oh, my God, (laughs) I couldn't. It was frustrating for me. And finally, I asked her, hey, I think it's time. I think after like two years, I think she had already moved out. She lived at my mom's house with her family for about a year. And then I'm like, hey, I, I don't like this. I'm not used to it. I want to petition to get custody of Johnny and Jenica. And she didn't even think about it twice. She said, okay, yeah, that's fine. I said, oh, okay, well, that was easy, (laughs) you know? So I started the process. I asked for an attorney to help me. And it was, I want to say, roughly about six months. I just wanted to have the freedom and the liberty to take these kids to their doctor's appointment, to enroll them into school because I had to switch Jenica out of public school into like a private school because she was having a tough time. So it just made my life a lot easier. Jenica was 17. So really, I only like had custody of her for about a year because then as soon as she turned 18, she wanted to be independent, wanted to move out or whatever, you know. But it was the best decision I have ever made. Again, like I said on my Instagram post, I didn't need a piece of paper to do what I knew my mom expected from me as her daughter and as the sister of these kids and as like the second mother. But it just, it felt really good to know that they were definitely, and I say that with all the confidence in the world, in the best hands ever. I do wish my mom would have left me as the guardian. I understand she was upset and she was going through her own feelings. And now I'm not upset. Now I I have forgiven her. We're good. You know what I mean? But I did go through all those emotions. That's just how I felt, you know, and you guys know I'm always very honest and transparent with you guys. But I'm glad that I fought in a way. I didn't have to fight because Rosie knew. She always said, those kids are yours. In many ways, they're more yours than even your mom's because she was working and she didn't think about it. Now, I'll be honest. I don't think any of my family members had an issue, though. I think they knew. Like, I raised those kids, you know, especially Johnny. Yo fui la que le quité la teta. I think he was like two and a half years and old. And that was so hard, you guys. He just wanted his freaking bottle. And it was just one damn bottle that he wanted all the time. So since he was little, he was just a creature of habit. Like he had one blanket that he would not let me wash. He would always carry it everywhere. He had that one bottle that had a big ass fucking hole because he liked to bite on it on the nipple. And it stunk because he just wanted that bottle, that damn freaking blanket. And I'll never forget. Maybe this is a little traumatizing. But the babysitter, because I did have people that would help me because it was a lot. She gave it to him. I had hidden it and she gave it to him. And I look back one day, he was in his car seat. And I remember telling him, give me your bottle. So he gave it to me and I threw it out of the window while we were driving. He said I devastated him so much. But these are the things, you guys, that I did since I was little. I was a child, raising a child. I was 17, 18 years old, trying to raise this kid. So the point is, they're my kids. And I still feel that. And... Now that I think about it, though, and I'm going to be really honest, I was just telling Johnny the other day when I wrote the post, I said, it is fucking crazy to me that Rosie, who was also the trustee of my mom's estate for a while, never thought, because I had 60, I believe it was 60 or 90 days when the trust in the will was, was given to us, to her children. And of course, I, you know, there was a, I believe, an amendment there that took me out. You know, she had to show me those things, but I had the 90 days to fight it. And I didn't because I was like, I, 
it's fine, whatever. I'm going to be all right. And God is going to help me because he knows my heart. He knows that I don't deserve this, but I'm going to take it. You know what I mean? She knows everything that I did for my mother. And never did she think, okay, I'm going to do things right or I'm going to try to help her because that's maybe the right thing or maybe, I don't know. She didn't even think about it twice to give me custody or hand over these two lives to me like nothing. You know what I mean? In a way, it makes me feel good because it's like she knew they're going to be in the best hands. But I'm just like, I think I'm like, damn, that's crazy. I don't know. But the good thing is that that happened. I think I did a great job. I'm very, very, very proud of my siblings. Johnny's 21 and he's working for my mom's enterprises. He's so passionate about my mom's project. He's the one that runs my mom's Instagram. And I love to see them doing their thing. You know, he went to school. He's going to finish, hopefully, like to the L.A. film and production school. And he knows a lot about music. And I'm just so proud of the child that he is because losing his parents at 11 years old to see the great heart that he has. And he's so intelligent. I'm not saying he's perfect. There are things that we still work on, like taking out the damn trash. And I have to remind him to wash the dishes and stuff like that. But whatever. At the end of the day, he's a great kid. He still respects me very much. I have his location. I am that sister. I have Jenica's location too. I'd probably have Jackie and Mikey's if they'd allow it, but they don't. <laughs> but I really think that my mom and I, because I didn't do it myself, my mom and I did a pretty fucking great job with these kids. Jenica's doing her thing. You know what I mean? Like, it's just something that makes me very proud. They were at the house the other day. We were having a pool party and to see my sister with her kids and just like I sit back and I look at my family and I'm like, I know my mom is so proud of us because we've been through hell and back and we're still okay and we're still united. And I pray to God that we continue to be that way because that's the best way that we can represent my mother. And that's what I think she expects from us. I love sharing positive tips with my listeners on everything from health challenges to relationship troubles. Because life happens, baby, but you got this. Hi there, I'm Honey German, and I know we can all use some positive energy these days. That's why I make sure to empower my community, because a bit of motivation and support can go a long way. And luckily, we have State Farm to support us. Like when you talk to a State Farm agent to choose the coverage you need, and they have the options to protect the things you value most. It's the perfect positive tip you need. State Farm is also a big supporter of the My Cultura podcast network where we as podcast hosts get to share our experiences and stories. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite My Cultura shows wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Johnny B. Good. 
and I'm the host of the new podcast, Creating a Con, the story of BitCon. Over this nine-part series, I'll explore the life and crimes of my best friend, Ray Trapani. I always wanted to be a criminal. If someone's like, oh, what's your best way of making money? I'm like, oh, we should start some sort of scheme. You see, Ray has this unique ability to find loopholes and exploit them. They collected $30 million. There were headlines about it. His company, Centratech, was one of the hottest crypto startups in 2017. It was going to change the world, until it didn't. I came into my office, opened my email, and the subject heading was FBI request. It was only a matter of time before the truth came out. You can only fake it till you make it for so long before they find out that your Harvard degree is not so crimson. How could you sit there and do something that you know will objectively cause more harm in the world? Listen to Creating a Con, the story of BitCon, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, stories from the frontiers of marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core, what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning is connecting with people in an unscripted, unvarnished way. It's getting to, to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine. And I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Maybe there's someone here listening to Chickies and Chill, and they want to know how to go about getting custody. Again, I can't give you guys like the legal advice because of course I'm not a lawyer or anything, but you know, I got a lawyer and I said, hey, I want to get custody. Like, can you guide me? You can also do it yourself like online at your nearest like courthouse. But an attorney, I feel like, you know, helps a little bit quicker. They know a lot more. But look, as far as that goes, that's the best advice I can give you. That's what I did. And be patient because it does take a little bit of time. And it is a big responsibility. I'm not going to tell you guys that it's just easy breezy because it, it wasn't. I went through a lot, especially with, with Johnny, you know, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 years old. Even 17 and 18 were tough, you guys. They were tough. I was trying to raise a boy. 
the only father figure that he had or the person that he respected was my ex-boyfriend, Angel. He still actually has communication with him. And that's the only father figure he had when it was a very short period of time. So it was tough. It was tough. I read a lot of books. But the one I remember is Parenting Teens for Dummies. Oh my gosh, it helped me so much. Because I didn't know. I was like, and I was so tough. You guys, I was tough. I was tough on Johnny. Jenica didn't give me too many problems until she got a little older. But um, with Johnny, I mean, raising a boy is tough and teaching him so many things. And, and I was hard. I was hard on him. I did discipline him many times. And I'm glad I did. And I learned very quickly that with Johnny, what worked best was taking away his electronics, taking away his phone, taking away his Xbox. I broke his Xbox once because he wasn't listening. He didn't clean his room. So I broke it. I even erased his Instagram once, you guys. He had like over 200,000 followers or something like that. And I was that tough parent. I had no other choice. I had no other choice. I was a single mother trying to raise this kid who obviously was going through a lot because he lost both his parents at 11. Jenica was what, 11? I don't remember. But regardless, they were young. So imagínate, they were going through their own things, trying to navigate through life without their parents. But I had that schooling from my mom of, okay, this is what you went through because she was like that with me. Yes, you were sexually abused, Chiquis, but I'm not going to allow you to be a victim. Yes, you are a victim, but I'm not going to allow you to victimize yourself. And that's kind of the type of tough love that I had with with them, with especially with Johnny. It's like, okay, we got to move on. There was something that my mom was doing on Twitter like a few months before she passed away. She was using the hashtag life goes on a lot, almost every other day. So that kind of helped me with them. Like mom even said it like we have to be strong for her. We got to if we fall, we got to get up and dust ourselves off. It was just I had no other choice but to be that way to get us through what we were going through, especially me. Like I always say, if it wasn't for Johnny and Jenica, like I don't know what would have happened to me. Que, que sería de mi vida, que fuera de mi vida, if it wasn't for them, because they are my little lifesavers. They kept me alive, especially Johnny. Like Johnny, since I started my music career, was there, and and he's been my number one fan, and his now gives me advice and tips, and I listen to him because he's so freaking talented, you know. So I was just telling Johnny the other day, I sent him a message, and I said, Papa, thank you so much for being there for me. He's been my little life partner since I could remember, you know, since he was a baby boy. He's been my little life partner and he helped me grow up from a girl to a woman. They both did. All my siblings, really. And I don't know. I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't change it for anything. Only God knows why our life turned out this way and why we were dealt the hand that we were dealt. But our job is to represent our mother and... That's why for me, it's so important as the as the eldest. And I always say I like to keep us together and keep us united and stay strong. And that doesn't mean that we're not going to argue. But I, I sent in our group message. We have a little family group message. It's called La Plevada is what we, we call our group message of my siblings and I. And I sent them a message. I was I was a little buzzed. I'm not going to lie. I was a little buzzed. I was at the bowling alley with Emilio and I got buzzed and I got really emotional. And I'm like, dude, we have to stay strong because like, there's so much going on. You guys, I wish I could tell you how much is going on behind the scenes and how much it hurts me to see my siblings, especially Johnny and, and, and Jackie, you know, because they're the ones that work the most at the office and, and to see Jackie cry and it freaking breaks my heart. So I was telling them like, I know we're going through a lot. I know a lot of things are coming up to the surface, things about the estate and things about my mom's businesses and just stuff that very disappointing and disheartening things, you guys that I'd rather us keep to ourselves for now, you know, or I don't even know if we'll ever talk about this, but I was telling them, I'm like, you know, we have to stay strong. We're going to argue. We're going to have disagreements, but 
I am not going to allow you guys not to talk to each other for X amount of days. Like we need to fix this shit quick. Why? Because I'm a prime example that my mom and I weren't able to speak. And time is of the essence. We don't know what tomorrow brings. And the moment is now. That's what I was telling them. I was going on and on. I sent them like five voice notes really long. They all hated it. But they're like, yes, sister. Yes, sister. <laughs> but I was in my feelings and I'm like, that's what it's about. It's just staying united and staying strong. And I always think of my mom because that's that's what she wants. That's what she expects. I know it. She, that's what she told me all the time. Don't be like my siblings and I fighting. It is your responsibility. And I expect you to keep your siblings, you and your siblings together. And you guys are all that you have at the end of the day. She would always tell me that since I was little, you guys. Anyways, I wanted to share this with you guys because a lot of people asked me, a lot of people sent me beautiful messages commenting on my post. And I just felt it in my heart to talk about it and to let you guys know that, yeah, that's my life and it's part of my life. And I love it. And I really wouldn't change it. Obviously, if I could have my mom here, that'd be amazing. But even the argument that her and I had two months before she passed, it's crazy. But even that was meant to happen the way it happened because I don't know if I would have been as strong. I feel like I was a few steps in the healing process before everyone, my whole family. And of course, I was going through a lot, but I felt like those two months gave me the time to kind of realize or prepare for what was coming and I could be strong enough for my siblings. La verdad que si siento que todo pasa por algo, everything happens for a reason and God has a perfect plan and he knows why and he knows how. And I was one of those people that le reclamé. I was like, God, why is this happening? Why did you do this to me? Until I learned that it's not that life is happening to us. It's happening for us. Take some time to get to that point to really be like, oh, shoot. You look back and you're like, damn, I can't believe I was there. I can't believe I went through that. And you kind of chuckle a little bit like, damn, I really thought when I was going through it that I was never going to get out of it. And now you're looking in from the outside and saying, damn, I'm here. And that's where I'm like, no one can tell me God doesn't exist. A stronger force doesn't exist in this world because I have lived and have gone through and survived so much in my life that there's always something positive to look forward to. Thank you for always listening to me, for being here with me, for supporting me on this podcast on Cheekies and Chill. It's, it's been amazing, you guys. This podcast has helped me so much, so much. And I'm getting emotional. <laughs> but um, thank you, guys. Thank you. And you guys know that I always have a quote for you. It's something that I always say with my siblings and I. We may not have it all together, but together we have it all. I don't know what that means to you, but to me it means a lot. So there it is. That's the quote. Thank you for listening. Again, los quiero mucho y los espero en el próximo episodio de Chiquis and Chill, you guys. Besos a todos y como siempre, ahí van. Do you need advice on love, relationships, health y más? I'm so excited to share with you that my Cheekies and Chill podcast will have an extra episode drop each week. I'll be answering all your questions. Just leave me a voice message con todas tus preguntas y yo te las voy a contestar personalmente. All you have to do is go to speakpipe.com slash Cheekies and Chill podcast and record your questions. I can't wait to hear from you. This is a production of iHeartRadio and the My Cultura Podcast Network. 
Follow us on Instagram at MyCulturaPodcast and follow me, Chiquis, that's C-H-I-Q-U-I-S. For more podcasts from iHeart, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Tengo diabetes. Yo, asma. Estamos, Estamos en riesgo, riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. 19 años o más con afecciones crónicas como asma, diabetes, EPOC o enfermedad cardíaca, o tienes 65 años o más, estás en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocócica con una sola dosis. Aunque te hayas vacunado previamente con otras vacunas contra la neumonía, Prevnar 20 puede ayudar a proveer protección adicional. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones de 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocócica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Los adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. Los efectos secundarios incluyen dolor e hinchazón en el área de la inyección, fatiga, dolor de cabeza, dolor muscular y en las coyunturas. Para obtener la información para la prescripción completa, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita prevnar 20 en español.com. What the world needs now is positivity. Connecting, relating, and being human together is where it's at. Hi there, honey German, and I know life happens, but trust, you got this. And State Farm got us. It feels good knowing that State Farm agents are there to help you choose the right coverage with great support 24-7. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results, but also empower you with a sense of complete control? Enter Conair Girlbomb, your secret weapons for smooth, sleek results made just for women. From the ultimate Girlbomb grip and professional-grade blades, you don't have to compromise and settle for less. Conair Girlbomb equips you with the precision and power previously reserved for men's grooming tools. So take your hair removal routine to the next level with Conair Girlbomb. Available at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you. What up? I am Dramos, host of the Life as a Gringo podcast. This is a show for the Nosabo kids, the, the 200 percenters. Here we celebrate your otherness and embrace living in the gray area. Every Tuesday, I'll be bringing you conversations around personal growth, issues affecting the Latin community, and much more. Then, every Thursday, I'll be tackling trending stories and current events from our community. Listen to Life as a Gringo on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.